Welcome to another episode of 353rd, a podcast where we discuss the impact of the internet on business. This is episode 41. Today is Thursday, August the 2nd, 2012. I am Scott Barstow. And I'm Anders Brownworth. On today's show, we're going to be talking about TV. And in particular, what brought this subject up for us was the Currently, we're watching the Olympics on NBC and all of the NBC affiliate channels. And it occurred to us that NBC is, has got some issues, and it's been widely talked about, that all of the events, of course, because it's taking place in London, are finishing five hours ahead of the East Coast of the United States. And so by the time anybody sits down to watch these events, assuming they can't watch them at work, the event's already done and it's already been talked about in every social media outlet. And so the, there's really a lot of suspense that's been lost. And this isn't just this Olympics, of course. It's happened yeah. in, you know, it's happened with the Beijing Olympics. And, but really, this is the first Olympics where social media has been so prevalent where people are, you know, online all day talking about what's happening right now. Right. So why watch the event? So why watch the event? Yeah. And I think that NBC's missing a huge opportunity to capitalize on the audience that when they get home at night, they still want to watch the actual event, but they don't really want to sit through 3 hours of, you know, stuff they don't care about of, of to Bob watch Costas. the mic yeah to watch <laughs> yeah. them and 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 uh Ryan Seacrest talking oh, about Ryan who the Seacrest most, why yeah, yeah who the most popular guy on Twitter was that day yeah they don't yeah. want to sit through that uh you know from 8 until 10:30 just to watch the Michael Phelps you know 200 meter breaststroke final right which is the thing that uh, that everybody wants to watch or the gymnastics final or you know, the really big events. And for others, it might be they want to watch the, you know, the handball finals or table tennis. You know, badminton or table tennis. Or I, was, I was watching ping pong just to totally divert your train of thought. Yeah. I was watching ping pong online a couple of hours ago. And I mean, this would never fly in, in prime time. But it was it was it was incredible. It's captivating TV. It is. We watched some we watched some of the opening weekend of the Olympics. I watched a match with a girl from the US playing a girl from Serbia. Really? And this girl, the girl from the United States, I forget her name, but she was sixteen, I wanna wow. say. Yeah. She was playing a twenty three or twenty four year old girl from Serbia and it was really fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, just the way the pace they hit the ball and how much they move. Yeah. It was really interesting. But anyway, it's, so, it, so yeah. we have this issue of the Olympics right now, which I think is missing just a huge opportunity to make a, a pile of money. And, and then I, so we start, we started talking about, you know, what's the future of tape delayed events and what's a way to still have tape delay, but make it more compelling. If you, if you need to make advertising money, you know, if NBC is going to spend all of this money to, you know, bring all of their equipment over to London and do right. a great job. I mean, I think anybody would say their coverage of the Olympics is amazing. Yeah, it is. We what? watched, I mean, last weekend we watched an archery, comp the archery final between the United States men and Italy. 
and I would have sat there for two hours watching that thing. So was, are you so are you watching that on TV or are you watching streaming versions? I of was that? watching I was watching this on TV. Have you seen the streaming thing? I have. All right, let me let me. So here's the deal. I, I'm in Cambridge. I have FiOS, but for whatever reason, the cable company around here has a grandfathered-in clause that says you can't have FiOS TV. You can only have their crappy cable version. So mm-hmm. we have cable, you know, some other way. So I, I get online to stream the thing, and I log in, and this is you know the internet. So I I. I pop in my Verizon. First of all, it doesn't, it has no idea who I am because I'm coming from a Verizon IP. This is beyond me. How come I get, just doesn't automatically log me in. But I, I, so I log into the Verizon thing. And as soon as I do, I can't watch the Olympics because, yeah. because there's no Fios TV. And I'm like, well, how do you get out of that catch 22? Like, you know, you just can't stream it because you don't have old school technology. It makes yeah. no sense. I agree. No sense. But anyway. don't you think, don't you think that, or let me ask you this, if, if there was a way, instead of it just being this, everybody gets the same, the same broadcast, the same events where NBC's choosing what you see and when you see it, Yeah. don't you think that they could, especially with the streaming stuff, don't you think that they could charge you, would you pay 50 cents an event Mm-hmm. To watch just the stuff you want to watch, or a dollar. Like, would you pay a dollar to watch the, you know, watch Michael Phelps swim at night instead of watching, you know, something, watching Ryan Seacrest, you blather know, get up there on. And, yeah, blather on about something that nobody cares about. So you get to the heart of the point. I, when you were talking about NBC paying for all the people to go over and and shoot the event, and they do a great job with that. You have to pay for that, but I don't think a traditional broadcast advertiser supported model works. The answer for me is yes, I would definitely pay a buck for an event. I'd probably pay two bucks. I would um, as well. Yeah. Especially so, for the big one. I mean, you could charge somebody five bucks for the women's gymnastic finals. Yeah. I guarantee it. All right. And so I, yeah. So here's here's another point. So perfect perfect thing. I, I, I think, I guess it was Friday that the opening ceremonies happened. So they happened during the day at some point. And then we're to, you know, of course there's a total blackout online. We're not allowed to see this for whatever reason. And then, uh, so I'm like, all right, well, you know, we'll, we'll, you, we'll watch it tonight. Fine. But we're, my wife and I are flying down to Maryland for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So we zip over to the airport, Logan, we're sitting there at Logan and I'm like, well, I, you know, I'll just, well, I'll catch the stream, right? Can't do it. Same, nope. same. Yeah. Nope. No stream. So can't do that. And you got to wait until the thing is like over on TV before you could stream it. Long story short, we never saw the opening ceremonies. Okay. Yeah. Who cares? Opening ceremony. But you know, I don't know. It could be cool. It could have been cool. People they might've been amazing talking about things, it. Right. I, yeah. I, and I watched, I watched bits and pieces of it, but I wasn't going to sit there for three hours and watch, you know, no, Ang- yeah. Angola walk into the, yeah, right. You know, I just didn't care. I wanted yeah. to see the, all the theatrics were amazing and the fireworks at the end were amazing, but don't tell me. Yeah. But it was, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was three hours on broadcast TV that which should you, have been half an hour, which should have been half an hour, or 45 or minutes, 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah. 
because I, I I would have wanted to skip the parade of the athletes. I just I don't. Lots of people think that's just majestic and all that stuff. I think it's just a waste of time. I, don't, <laughs> I, I but, like to uh, test my uh, geography with it. That's basically <laughs> you know there's a, a few com- countries I, I enjoy seeing, but outside of that, I mean the the vast majority, it's like just a geography lesson to to you know point out to the kids that are in the room. You know, you're like, right. well, what's the capital of you know whatever it is. Anyway, it it it's a big miss, and I I think that uh, you're we're looking at the tension here between the old school and the new school. Let me ask you: Did you, did you try the uh, NBC app on the iPad? I have not. No. Yeah. So this is interesting. It's kind of you know it's similar to the website in that it, you just stream stuff, but the website is I don't know if you've seen the the website for streaming. It's just littered with ads and there's all kinds yeah there's all kinds of blinking things around you trying to attract your attention and at the end of the day you know that's why you have TiVo is so you can just blow that stuff away you can blow through it you can fast forward through the uh, you know myriad countries coming in in the opening ceremonies Um, so it's it's almost to the point of being unusable you know, people just want to watch what they just want to watch. And I think they like, certainly I'm passionate enough to pay for it. Maybe the average, uh, the average Joe wouldn't, and maybe the average Joe doesn't have any problem that we're having here. But I think this is totally indicative of the, the, uh, you know, older media having a hard time trying to adjust to the new reality that is tape delay just is just doesn't work. I mean, it's it's either live stream right now or you're playing back dead streams and you you get to scan to whatever point you want. The only time advertising like that, I think, is going to work is in the live stream. And I, I hate it in the live yeah. stream. I got to say, so the other thing is, I think this is hilarious. All of the people in the United States are suddenly getting this this really quick ramp up lesson on how to get around firewalls stuff that the chinese and the iranians and the rest of them have known for years that's right doing for years yeah americans are like learning how to do this oh use a vpn oh that's yeah, how i look like that's, a, yeah that's yeah, exactly right thing. so you've got these services you can get a british ip address yeah, or something like that exactly and yeah and see know, the bbc and all yeah and see the bbc things like that yeah I also totally. think that, I mean, it just to close out the Olympic subject, I think that you've already got a vehicle in Hulu Plus. Yeah. You know, where NBC already distributes a bunch of their content. Paid content. So, paid content. Yeah. So why not put the events, on, even if it was two hours behind yeah. or whatever, just so that you, you know, you do have some advantages to those that want to watch it live, or maybe it's the next day doesn't really matter. I think there's ways to work around it, but it seems to me that, uh, you know, something like Hulu. Well, yeah, if I have a or, Hulu or Plus. Or for that matter, NBC could do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But and, if, if I have a Hulu Plus, I want to see, I want to see, of course, everything that has happened. Yep. I want to be able to just jump into any, I don't care how remote the sport, right? That's I want right. to be able to see whichever one it is. I don't want to go through the uh, nonsense of watching it on a computer or dealing with ads. I mean, I'm right. paying for this. I'm already paying. That's right. You're you paying can... for Hulu Plus, and they just, as you pointed out uh, in an email to me earlier this week, they just launched on Apple TV. Yes, they and did. So now you can watch Hulu Plus on Apple TV, which is a huge, I think, a big move for them. Right. And I don't even mind. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind the occasional ad on Hulu Plus. 
right? So it's it's Oof. you know the audience. Maybe it's yeah. a bit more targeted advertising, and there's a there's a little bit less of it. But you can st- I think you could make up the difference with paid subscribers. And I, I'm not suggesting it would get there tomorrow, but yeah. I think the the model of somebody being willing to, you know, your cable bill, let's say your cable TV bill is a hundred bucks a month. I don't watch a hundred bucks of worth of TV no. in six months. Sure. Uh, except for events like this or events like Wimbledon or you yeah. know the US Open tennis championships or stuff like that, where I would be willing to pay twenty bucks over the course of two weeks. Yeah. To watch everything I want to watch, and then it could, the rest of it can just go away. So then the the amount of money flowing out of your pocket is more or less than what you're paying now if you're buying cable. I don't know. See, I, I think, think it'd be, I think it'd be an interesting. Yeah, it's, it's probably more. It, it may be more. In my case, I don't think it would be, but it may be more. Uh, I think for the vast majority, it's going to be less, and that's what people are worried about. At the end of the day, though, I think what we have now is inflated because I'm paying for, like, the Cartoon Network or stuff I'm not watching, like the Disney Channel or whatever. I'm not watching that. Nickelodeon, come on, you know? But I still technically pay for it. So it's sort of like subsidized TV. Yeah. Do you think there's a comparison to be made? You know, back in the back in the days of music piracy, whether it was uh, Napster or whatever, you know, there was there were all these people pirating music, and I think the primary cause for most people that have honorable intentions was they they didn't want to buy the entire album just to get a song they liked. Yep. You know, they wanted just this one song they liked. They wanted to be able to just pick and choose, and so along comes iTunes which charges 99 cents a song and lets you buy music the way you want. And I would contend, I know for me it's personally true, I started spending money on music again. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the case. And that's a fantastic point. And what a so great analog same, to look could at. Could the same thing happen in TV where yeah. you've got all these people that right now are trapped and I would argue maybe starting to cut the... I know a lot of people that have just stopped using cable. Yeah, I did that many, many years ago. It and, so. Well, so I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a you know if there's the similar story would be true like do you make up the money uh, you know do, do these TV networks who obviously have a lot of infrastructure and they're doing great work it's just I feel like the model's broken somehow yeah well so you can look at uh, iTunes actually as something that's gone a ways to already do this. Like you can buy HBO shows, you can buy, you know, all this, a lot of content from a lot of different networks. Uh, but the problem is they're, they're usually, you know, if, if for instance, you want to buy the Game of Thrones, you couldn't buy that until many months after the first season had finished on, on air, as it were, before you could actually buy it on iTunes. And I think that is the fundamental disconnect that's making this not actually work because yeah. Think about it. Outside of live sporting events, which arguably you could get through broadcast TV in most cases, most but Mm -hmm. not all, you could just cut your cable bill, just kill cable, and then spend the money you would have spent. In my case, it was about 80 bucks. Spend that money. Okay, now I have 80 bucks for free every month to spend on iTunes. And this is what I did. And I found that I maybe spent 20, maybe. And usually that was buying an entire season or something and not getting through it in, in the span of a month. So for me, it was a lot less. But 
also look at the way that this is delivered. I think the price to deliver something via cable is probably very, very many times the cost of delivering it through IP, just because of the way the technology works. I mean, certainly the same is true in the voice network sure. uh, with VoIP. Running, running uh, calls over a packet switch network is just many, many times cheaper than running through a circuit switch network. And it's just the old technology versus a new technology. This is better technology. Okay, so maybe in the case of your home internet connection, you, you trade away some nines of uh, uptime or something. But who cares? I mean, is your cable really that, that uh, consistent? When I had cable, it was... I had cable and then it was uh, maybe two, three months and then the guy had to come out again and, you know, replace some end on something and, you know, eventually ended up replacing all the, all the wire from the pole to my house. Uh, it was just, it was ridiculous. It was like yeah. this constant nightmare of trying to maintain the, the older technology. It seemed like a waste of time. So I think a better scenario uh, while while consumers, it sort of fixes both sides. It, it helps because it's a better technology, and it's also going to be cheaper for the consumer. That's um, right. Eventually, think, disruptively yeah. cheaper. Yeah, I think I think that's true. So uh, another point about broadcast TV. There's a really interesting company out there called Aereo. Yes, and they are currently located only in the New York metro area. But what they've done is that they've essentially figured out how to make an HD antenna that will fit on the end of your finger. And they put, uh, they put N number of these up and connect them in data centers. And you essentially, as a customer of Aereo, get to rent your own HD antenna. So these HD antennas sit in somewhere in, you know, I assume somewhere in Manhattan, yep. and pick up all of the HD signals over the air and then you can subscribe to them for a dollar a day mm. for, or $80 a year uh, for all of the broadcast TV in the New York metro area. And they just won a lawsuit, or they, they, had, they didn't win the lawsuit, but they won the right to continue operating while the lawsuit is settled. All of the major networks are suing them for violation of copyright laws and all sorts of other things, as you might imagine, because it's a completely disruptive model. Mm-hmm. Where I don't, I'm no longer, and the other, the other service that they provide is they, they provide DVR over the wire. Yeah. So I can say I want to record, you know, 20 hours of, of, I forget what the, at 80, I think at the, if you pay the 80 bucks a year, yeah. I want to say they give you like 60 hours of DVR time as well. Yeah. I thought it was 40, but yeah. Was it 40? And yeah. you stream it and you stream it. You know, you get to stream that to whatever device. So it's device agnostic. I can watch on anything. Yeah. And a uh, really interesting model. I, uh, we'll put this in the show notes, but Aereo.com, A-R, I'm sorry, A-E-R-E-O.com. It was, found, it was funded by Barry Diller of Interactive Corp. See, that's, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that guy has a history of getting behind things that are very disruptive. Expedia. Yeah. You know, all of those companies he's been involved with, um, the guy just continues to – there was speculation that he basically got behind this company to just, just completely disrupt the industry. Right. And you know, put a bunch of money in knowing they were going to be sued uh-huh. uh, but willing to take the bet that something like this is going to be the future of TV. Yeah. 
So this whole the uh, the whole idea of using a sort of a very manual approach to skirt around copyright issues because why wouldn't you just put one antenna up and then just you know multiply the streams uh, programmatically right yeah it sort of doesn't make sense to put up a whole bunch of individual antennas and then a whole bunch of individual receivers but you kind of have to in order to meet the letter of the law well, that's right it reminds me of that company doing essentially the same thing for dvd mm-hmm. where they had a bunch of dvd hosted dvd players and you just rent a dvd same kind of idea it, it, you can watch movies that are out on disc today you know, just immediately rather than waiting for some arbitrary sunset period to happen before they are streamable. So this is a way to essentially stream a DVD player. It's the same kind of idea using a brute force physical approach to get around some legal terms. Uh, I think it's a brilliant idea. I, I would, you know, I'm very interested to watch the thing play out. And I think that's a brilliant business model if you want to uh, really disrupt the industry. Because at the end of the day, you know, those it's just exploiting loopholes, really. I mean, mm-hmm. this is clearly not – the intent is clear, clearly to make streaming broadcast television not legal. But this is a way that it is essentially legal uh, that's in right. a strict yeah. letter reading of the law. Uh, it's, yeah. it's brilliant, I think. Um, it is. I mean, everybody's got their own antenna. So technically they are, they are, you know, they're listening, they're getting the signal on their own antenna. It's really yeah. a cool way to solve a pretty significant problem. And yeah. it just, I think it's a, it's a, I think it's an example of the kinds of things that we're going to start to see. Uh, like the DVD thing you're yeah. talking about. It's just, this stuff cannot survive in current form. And I just wish, you know, the NBC and the Olympics, it just, it's really, it's frustrating to me because last night I wanted to watch, I forget what it was. It was some swimming event and I turned on the TV and it was Bob Costas sitting there, you know, doing what he does <laughs> and, and then saying, you know, in, and in 45 minutes, you'll get to watch Michael Phelps do da, 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 da. Right. And it's like, why? Well, no, why am That's I going to crazy? Yeah. Why can't I just watch it right now? Yeah. I have I have five minutes right now. Right. I'd gladly pay a dollar yeah. to watch it right now and then be on my way. And I know, I like you said, everybody's not going to do that. There's going to be plenty of people that like having, you know, a thousand channels and, you know, broadcasting across and flipping their way through all of them and yeah, all of that just, sort of thing. Uh, but I think the me. the future of TV to me is not uh, is not, and this is something just to throw out there and then we'll close the show up. But I think the future of TV is not what people have been necessarily clamoring for, which is just allow me to buy what I want to buy. I think the future of TV is tell me what I should get, mm-hmm. right? Based on my, just like Netflix does, based on what I'm watching. And what tell I like, me, yeah. tell me what other channels I would probably be interested in, mm-hmm. and start suggesting them to me, and let, maybe give me a free preview of, you know, HGTV for a month. Oh yeah, that's a great channel. I actually do like that. Okay, well that's another two dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that sort of suggestive, sort of thing feels like the right kind of future for TV. Not just you know I'm going to buy five channels and not watch anymore. I think there's too much content, and I would never know. Yeah. About stuff that the one benefit of the way TV is sold today 
is that you can happen across something yeah. that you never would have thought about yep. that ends up being really interesting. Sure. So it's, and, it's all about discovery. It so, is. Well, what's, so the analog in the music world, of course, is something like Pandora. Yep. I mean, that's what I don't, you, you used to be radio, you know, FM, right? You'd, but we've long since stopped listening to radio. Yeah, so it's no longer relevant as a media totally, for music. Anyway. Totally irrelevant. Yeah, it's the only thing it's good for is like NPR, you know, and even that, that you can get that over online now. So it was discovery. You would take your discs and send them over to the jockey and hope he plays your, your album so that people learn it and become interested and buy it. Uh, there, there is a need there. I think Pandora does a good job at exposing you to stuff that you wouldn't necessarily type in on your own. So you're proposing some sort of a thing for video content as well. I don't like to call them channels because I yeah, don't agreed. think channels, yeah, at the end of the day are going to going to win. It's kind of like an album, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's much, it's going to be uh, a smaller unit than that, or at least in the sense that a channel implies you know, a serial programming thing. It's, it's going to be more like the app context where you pop it open and start it whenever you want. And it'll be more, it's so a channel is going to be more like a uh, selection of things rather than a serial thing that you watch. Maybe that's what channel means nowadays. I don't know. I think Uh, you're right. I think there's not, even if I like HGTV, I don't like everything on HGTV. I probably only like you know, three or four shows on HGTV. Yeah. So what's HGTV? That's home and garden TV, home and garden. Wow. So it's it's on constantly in our house. So they have like, what they grow tomatoes. I don't get it. It's mostly, it's mostly about remodeling homes. Okay. It's a, it's pretty, uh, there's some compelling theater on there that my favorite is house hunters international where they, they take you, uh, you know, these people are buying houses in Florence, Italy or something like that. And you go along for the ride. Ah, That's interesting. Okay. So, but anyway, I think the, uh, like shows like that where you get these suggestions. Okay, I think you'd like House, House Hunters International, but you probably wouldn't like you know gardening for dummies or whatever, yeah, right? Because you've never in, indicated any interest in gardening, and maybe they suggest something to you about gardening, and you watch it, and you're like, ugh, I hated that, you know. So you never see it again. So, or but whatever. you're going to need to be able to. TiVo started doing this with a thumbs up and thumbs down. You know, could you could thumbs down things. Uh, I think Amazon does a relatively terrible job in in their suggestion algorithm. It's good in some sense, but it's way too what I just searched for centric. Yes, I absolutely uh, agree. It's one of the most frustrating things. Yeah, it's like about the you right. only see. I, I was looking. Night, for, I was looking for a book yeah. to read, and I was getting. I was ten o'clock. I needed something new to read. So I got on Amazon and just started looking through the things they were recommending, and it was all based on stuff I've read in the last little bit. Yeah, or it, looked for. Yeah, it's nothing based on the breadth of stuff I've bought from them. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, I I've bought a lot of stuff from Amazon, and then I go and I buy a present for my wife, and for whatever reason, now I am indelibly a female, <laughs> and everything that is shown to me has something to do with stuff I just don't care about. And I, I would love to be able to nudge the algorithm or at least open the window. <laughs> Look past yeah. the, past the last two purchases or something. Let's, you know, stretch it out to six months or something. Yeah. I don't know. It yeah, may just be, because you know, I bought perfume yeah. two days ago. doesn't mean that, you know, I need lipstick today. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's I think it'll town. be interesting. I'm hoping, you know, there's enough stuff going on in the space that I think it's all going to change radically over the next three to four years, or at least I hope it does. Yep. Totally agreed. I, I turn the decline of network television, I guess. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. You can check us out on iTunes at 353rd. We'd love to hear your love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And thanks for listening. <laughs>